Good afternoon. I have the lovely David with me. Hiya, David. Would you like to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself? Ooh, so Ooh, many so details. Many details. <laughs> um, okay, Dave Gatwood. I'm kind of known now for writing the DCI Harry Grimm crime thriller series. Um, I had my first bean. I've written lots of children's and young adult stuff. I've worked in jobs as varied as working on a salmon farm in Scotland to running a publishing house in Suffolk on a qualified, well, I am a qualified primary school teacher, but I never went into primary school teaching. Um, and I live in Somerset. How does that sound? Yep, that's good. It works for me. It means I don't have to research you beforehand and get you to do all the work. It's great. <laughs> it's not that interesting, or is it? <laughs> uh, but did you always know that you wanted to be a writer? Um, and I didn't like pop out of the womb, you know, I want to be a writer. Now that didn't happen. I'm, that would have been quite scary for my parents, I'm sure. You know, he can write, he can speak. He can gesticulate in this fashion about career aims at the age of zero. Um, I think it happened. And there was a book. Uh, one of my favourite authors when I was a kid was Alan Garner. He wrote stuff like The Weirdstone for Zingerman, Elidor, The Owl Service, The Moon of Gomrath. And I loved... Um, his stuff and particularly with Son of Brzezinkman I've still got the copy that I had when I was 10, 11 years old with my name written in it and I think that book kind of did it for me because there was one section in that where um, the characters are going through this um, cave system they're being chased by dwarves and no they're not being chased by these things called sparts which are evil little creatures that want to get them and chew their faces or whatever and this mine is getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And they're basically in a tube where they have to like crawl through with their hands in front of them. And they're like on their bellies, feet behind. And it's really, you know, like a tube. And then they come to water. So they've got, no, they've got a choice. They stay where they are and they get munched by these fart creatures or they go into the water, not knowing if the tube is going to continue going down or it's going to come to an airlock. So it's like, I stay here and I get killed or I risk drowning. Um, so, of course, one by one, the characters go into this water. And this section, you know, it's, it's, it's phenomenal, but it's, it's only, it's not even two pages. It's, but this bit really affected me, I think. Um, and I kind of think that was key. Um, I was that kid at school who would just write, 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 annoyingly loads when during, you know, one of the greatest things for me was to set the task of writing a story. It doesn't mean they were any good. I just enjoyed doing it. So everyone would write three or four pages. I'd write 20 or 30, much to my teacher's annoyance, I'm sure. Um, I always read, and I guess it was just something I did. You know, writing is a weird thing. It's something you just do on your own. And then, you know, you do it more and more and hopefully get better at it. And you want people to read it because I think there's, for me, there's very little point in writing something without it having an audience, otherwise it's just the, the words, the stories, the characters, the poems, whatever, that have a chance to breathe and come to life. If it's just you, I know some people like to write for themselves um, and that is part of it, but for me, the kind of the stuff, it has to go out and, and have an audience for good or ill, you know? So that was a rambling answer, wasn't it? Um, See, so yeah, I kind of have always known, but not from, not from day zero, but certainly I think from primary school through secondary, 
And I was talking about like, an old school friend who remembered how we used to set each other writing tasks for a laugh. And I'd totally forgotten this. We used to, every week, we'd give, each, give ourselves a task to write a story or a chapter or something. Mad. So, yeah, it's kind of always been a part of who I am. And then what gave you the push to finally do it properly? Um, I don't think it was really a push. Um, I'm from a church background, so my dad's a Methodist minister, and I was part of a youth group um, back, in the, back in the 80s. And we used to do a lot of church services as a youth group, like family service once a month and stuff. And I wrote some of the material for that. Um, we used to do a lot of drama. I didn't write any of the sketches, but I wrote some poems and prayers and that kind of stuff. And then I went into the year out after A-levels before I went to uni. And it was like volunteering at an outdoor centre up in Yorkshire. And part of that is that you would meet other volunteers every few months and, you know, have a chinwag and a chat and then, you know, to sort of re-energise um, you and then you get sent back to your placement. And on that, I read some of my stuff out and one of the girls there, she said, oh, my dad would like this. So she took it back. And her dad was Kevin Mayhew, who was a big publisher in the religious world. And the next thing I know, I got a contract through from him when I was 18. They wanted to publish my stuff. So two months, three months before my 19th birthday, I had my first book published. Um, and I think that kind of, you know, from there, really, I wrote a lot more about him after university. I wrote more for him, but I always wanted to get into fiction. And so I just kept trying and trying and trying. I think I'm a firm believer in you make your own luck. So you, the more you do something, surely the better you get at it. And you meet people who also do the same thing. And you, it's like this pyramid. So there's loads of people down here who don't know what they're doing. But if you keep doing it more, other people, those ones who don't really care, kind of disappear. You're getting more and more of those who really into it. And then you meet someone who's done it quite well. And then someone who's got published. And then someone who's got an agent. And then up here, there's not that many people. And you make these contacts. And I think, you know, if you just keep pushing, that's kind of all I've ever done, really. It's not the case of something for a slush pile of work it's getting to know other writers and and there we are really and now here i am so it's it's all manner of things it was never really a push it's just something i always wanted to do and you said that you've written different things like kids books and uh, ya so what came first for you um it was the children's stuff so again through knowing getting to know people and so on i was my first fiction was working through a company called Hothouse. Um, and they would, have, they would come up with concepts for books. And then they would commission writers to write those books. So they would basically give you a chapter plan. Um, and then you'd write it. And I sort of ended up doing that through, I basically vied for it, you know, sent off a few samples and they liked what I did. So I was chosen amongst another one bunch of authors and I got to do a little four book series called um, Demon Defenders, I think it was, um, about a bunch of child angels who get sent to Earth because they've been like well naughty and they need to learn stuff. So they get sent to a school, um, The head, I think it's the head teacher there or one of, no it's not the head teacher, it's um, the, is he the caretaker? He's a monarch angel and uh, they go on adventures like there's one with zombies and there's one with demons and it's, it's ridiculous and there's football in it and I don't like football I can't play football I don't understand the rules of football um, 
but I still wrote four books about these football playing angels sent to earth to learn stuff. And that was fun. So I did that. And then I ended up being asked to try out for another project. Um, it was ghostwriting and um, a, a well-famous name of adult thrillers and some children, some young adult stuff um, had tried out with a few ghostwriters and I was approached through those contacts to sort of try out myself. I had to find like a disclosure agreement and all that kind of thing and I tried out and I got that. So I wrote five, I did five ghostwritten books and got my agent through that. And because I had an agent, I was then, you then get like, posted things. I ended up doing a, a horror trilogy with Hodder, um, The Dead, The Dark and The Damned, which is very much pure horror with lots of Cthulhu kind of stuff in it and dreams and angels and all kinds of crazy. That was great fun. Um, I did a sort of a post, sort of an apocalyptic kind of book called um, Doom Rider about a kid who finds out he's the first rider of the apocalypse with the power to destroy the world, which was good fun. And I wrote stuff for Oxford University Press, some of their reading, the Project X reading stuff. Um, and some other things. So yeah, I've done lots of children, young adult stuff, um, and now I'm doing this. <laughs> and when did you write your first crime? Um, Harry Grimm, the first one came out last July. I'd start, um, you know, the author, J.D. Kirk, Barry Hutchison, you know, the author of um, the DCI Logan series. We've known each other for years. You know, we've been on stage doing stupid stuff at children's events because we both started in the same kind of thing, writing horror. Our stuff was launched at the same time, really. Um, even to the point where we both independently ended up writing books about um, doom and, you know, the four riders of the apocalypse, which was weird. Um, so his and a few others were saying, you know, you should try this, you know, because he started off with the Amazon stuff, going through Kindle. Yeah. Um, and he was doing well out of it. And I was managing editor, managing I was a managing director of a publishing firm over in Suffolk. And I still wanted to write. Um, I'd kind of stopped writing for a while, focusing on the work to be more financially stable than trying to be a full-time writer. Um, and Barry was just like, oh, I'll have a go at this. So I started off with what I was my comfort zone, which was horror. So I wrote a three a sort of horror trilogy very quickly. Um, and then he said, you know, you should try crime. And I was like, well, we're practicing, go out and nick stuff. So he said, no, right. So I wrote my first crime book last year. I've never written crime in my life. And um, Harry Grimm book one, which was Grimm Up North, came out last July. And the title, I thought at the time, back in, I wrote it in May, June, and then it came out in July. And I was, you know, trying to think of a title. And I thought, Grimm Up North is a good phrase. But would that be ridiculous? So I remember asking Barry, and he was like, that's a brilliant title. That's amazing, you know, because like Touch of Frost, you know, that kind of thing, or Midsummer Murders, all that kind of stuff. It worked really well. So I just called the character Harry Grimm, and it's got, you know, Grimm has got that nice kind of sound, and what it means is Dow and, you know, whatever. And it worked with the character. And the phrase oh, came out last July, and book, is it book eight or book seven comes out? Book seven comes out Thursday. So yeah, that's quite a lot, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's awesome, though. Yeah, and I'm trying you... to. Yeah, I'd like you know, if I can get twelve done in the series by next July. That will have been twelve and two years for Harry Grimm, which would be great. That's my target. Wow. <laughs> um, and did you know when you wrote that first one that it was going to be a series? 
I did because I wanted it to be because serious fiction is, you know, with particularly with Kindle is how it works. And as an author, you want people to sort of join in the journey with you and have fun with the characters and fall in love with the characters and want to find out what happens next with the characters. And I didn't want to just do one and then have that die and then come up with something else completely different and have that die and move from concept to concept to concept. I like the idea of creating this bigger world. And you have a lot more fun then because you, know, you can develop the characters more and then they just, it gets to that stage where they start doing that weird thing that most authors talk about where the characters kind of come to life um, because they've got the space to, you know, to do their own thing. Kind of what's happened now, you know, people are into the series, not really because of the murders, and the crime but because they want to find out what happens with the, their, the characters individual lives which is mad because half the time I haven't got a clue <laughs> oh we know <laughs> we know and it is That's, you know half the fun the characters you know they can actually they, the characters do surprise you you know they will walk in through a door and do something or say something or whatever and it's like oh well I'd better do that then which is fun <laughs> Yeah, you've got to listen to them. You can't go against them. Exactly. Um, out of all the books that you've written so far, which would you most like to be a character in yourself? <laughs> oh, that's a difficult one. I do find... I, I want, I'm, The thing is, I think a bit of me is in all the books. So I'm in all of them anyway. Um, aspects of me, you know, there are parts of my personality... And, all of the characters, well, most of the characters, you know, some are really horrendous ones, but you can't help but base some of the stuff you write on who you are, what you're like, your own experiences, your own emotions. Um, and that's, so I am kind of in them all, you know, like when I wrote um, The Dead, The Dark and The Damned, I kind of imagined myself as the main character who's, you know, 13, 14 year old heavy metal fan, as I was at one point in my life. But I was also the alcoholic angel who lived out the back of the Land Rover. You know, I could be all these things. It's quite easy <laughs> to be a, a multifaceted weirdo writing books if you're happy to split your personality across a million pages. Um, and in, you know, Harry Grimm stuff, I am, you know, that part of me is Harry Grimm. Part of me is, you know, Matt Dinsdale, the detective sergeant. They're all aspects of me, really, and other people that I've met. So I can't really say that I won't be in all of any of them because I'm actually in all of them. The in-cop out answer. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> I don't know, you authors. <laughs> um, okay, if you were to team up your main detective with another fictional detective, who would you like to team them up with? Um, there's, there's two I'd like to team them up with. And they, he's, well, there's this... He has been mentioned. First of all, there was a conversation between DCI Ket in Alex Smith's books. He does the DCI Ket series, which is based in Norfolk. And I got an email, a message from Alex, the author, saying, Dave, Grimm's just been on the phone with Ket. Can I send it over so you can check what it sounds like? So suddenly Grimm, Harry Grimm, appeared in this novel, in this phone call, because he needed to phone another copper another detective so he his detective phoned mine um, which was quite fun and then with uh jd stuff logan series 
Grimm appears in the most recent one, I think, um, having found someone, I can't remember what it is, but I think he appears on TV or something, or maybe they meet. I can't quite remember, but I know he appears in that. And I've referenced the Logan team in my most recent book. Um, so there's this talk of, you know, Scotland and this amazing team. And I think it's all based on um, sausages flavoured with uh, iron brew, which is obviously a thing. <laughs> so they end up talking about Scotland. But anyway, yeah, so there's this kind of thing going on between myself, um, Alex and JD, or Barry, however you want to call them, about our detectives. And it may happen, it may not. Um, but we're having a bit of a laugh playing with it. And it's nice because the readers sort of spot it. Um, and it's a nice sort of like Easter egg thing. And it, it adds to the, the world creation as well that they're in. So I've had to make, you know, I've asked, you know, when was it that Harry was mentioned and you know, what time of year? So I've, I've worked that out that it won't be in the next book. It'll be in book nine that I'll nod back to that. Um, but yeah, it's all good fun. Yeah, that's great. I love that. <laughs> Well, we pay, yeah. we're, we're in touch a lot you see every day so that kind of you know we're throwing ideas to each other and helping each other and that's the the author kind of environment really it's very supportive and that's that's really nice yeah and do you put any other um little secret jokes or easter eggs in your books or is it just between your little group i put a, um there was a bit of dialogue there's like basically a direct quote line quote from red dwarf um which was in there so um and i've had a, a couple of friends who've gone that happened to me and i'm like oh you see <laughs> never ever tell a story to an author because we store them away <laughs> my brother as well the brother's ex-army and harry Grimm is his ex-army he was in the paris now my brother wasn't in the paris um but you know he's obviously got a few stories so one of his stories ended up as one of harry's back stories which was quite nice Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Um, do you have any phobias and would you write about them? Yeah. Um, really don't like water. I had a drowning accident when I was about six, which obviously I don't really remember, but I didn't learn to swim properly for years. Um, and I still don't really like water. I can swim and I've been taking swimming lessons. I've done outdoors, open water swimming um i go to the pool every week um i've done a triathlon and i've been trying to get into swimming but i still in many ways utterly despise it um you know people seem to see swimming as a life-changing experience and i just don't get it it just really pisses me off um so i've tried i've kind of given up i said right, i've spent two and a half years really focusing on this doing triathlon to it and I've just thought not me um yeah so water is a bit of a phobia of mine and I had one of my characters who was it um I think it might have been the lead, the lead character in my horror trilogy Dead Dark and Damned I think he was a, I think he'd had a similar drowning accident I think I used it in that um so yeah I have used it before why not yeah. It's interesting because I, I ask that question and some people are like, no, I'd never, wouldn't ever write about it. And some people are like, yeah, why not? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, up to this point in time, what's been your one standout moment since you became a writer? 
one stand-up oh, since I became a writer. So, like, since my first book was published when I was 18. Well, I mean, you know, it's up to you, yeah, if you want. <laughs> um, I won the Leeds Children's Book Award in 2011. And that was amazing because I was on the list with, like, some really well-known authors. And I had, I was just like, there's no chance I'm going to win it with my little horror thing because it's nonsense. And I was texting my then wife at the time, sitting next to these other authors, as they were then reading out the uh, the winner. And they said the winner, and there was another author, I think, on the on the line who was called David, and it didn't click straight away that it was me. <clears throat> so that's hang up and jump up. There was like 500 kids in this room that all, you know, and it was all voted for by the kids. And that was an amazing moment, and I still got the award. That, that was really nice. That was good. Um, so that was quite a standout moment. But in many ways, you know, every book feels like a standout moment because it's like you've spent a long time slogging it over it and, you know, you've got an 80,000 word book in front of you. And, you know, some people won't like it, but hopefully some do. And it's an amazing thing. Um, you can't really believe that you spent so much time putting that many words together. Like it's professional lying. That's what we do. So, you know, <laughs> I've, I've written 500, was it nearly half a million words of lies in the last year? <laughs> <laughs> Just lies everywhere. And people don't. But you see, yeah, I, I mean, that's quite amazing. It was um, going into the Kindle way of doing it was quite a good thing. Seeing, you know, seeing Harry Grimm take off has been quite nice, to say the least. You know, it's been lovely. Um, another standout moment, like, the fact that. And I was fully employed as an MD. Um, and then obviously the, the pandemic hit and I threw myself into writing. I was on furlough, but I was still employed. Um, my job was then sort of dissolved and I was my salary was cut in half, but I still had a job. And then last February, um, I handed my notice in. And I now went full time. So thanks to Harry Grimm. So that was quite a moment. You know, that was like, that was nerve wracking because, you know, I've been self-employed full-time writer before and, it's tough. Um, but I thought, just what the hell, you know, I need the time. I can do this. You've got to do it, haven't you? I'd rather be, I'm one of those people who would, I'd, I'd rather give it a go and bugger it up than not give it a go and go, oh, well, it's probably a good job you didn't anyway. You're better off to have a go. And if it, if it fails, at least you tried, eh? So I went for it. And I'm, uh, that was quite a moment. There you go. Ooh. And what's left? What do you want to achieve? What's your biggest dream? World domination. <laughs> <laughs> Why did I have what a feeling that you were going to say that? <laughs> it would be mine. Um, and I want to keep writing. Um, I've got, um, I'm going to, I'm now, I'm in the thinky stage of another series. Um, which is going to be based in Somerset because obviously I live in Somerset, but the series, the Harry Grimm series, is based in Wensleydale in Yorkshire, um, which is where I grew up. Um, so I've got lots of friends up there and I'm able to check on things. And I kind of did that as a comfort blanket sort of the area really well. Um, so it was a good place to set the story. But now what I want to do is do another series because I think it would be sensible to have more than just one series anyway and do another crime series based in Somerset where I live so that's kind of my next plan um I'm 
as I said, in the thinking stage at the moment, that's all in my head. I haven't really written anything down at all. Um, just letting characters walk in and walk out and, you know, developing it. Um, so, yeah, that's that's my next plan. You know, I don't really have any massive big dreams because in many ways I'm kind of living the dreams that I've had. I mean, it's not, I don't have a dream to like be so wealthy that I, I drive to co-op in a Lamborghini. You know, that's not really where it's at for me. The, the happiness I get is that I'm incredibly lucky to do something that I love and I seem to be okay at. You know, I'm not world-class literary stuff. I write nice stories that people like and they want to read more. In many ways, I, I describe it as, it's a bit like Penny Dreadful stuff. You know, it's pulp fiction. This is, this is words that people go, that's what they do. It's not about sweating 30 years over one book that then changes the world. It's about writing stuff that people like and you keep writing it because they keep liking it. And that's how it works. It's like, you know, that's what Charles Dickens, that's how they started. It was episodic. You would get a stories published in newspapers every week, every month. You know, Stevenson is the same. That's how it happens. And that's kind of what myself and Barry and the rest are doing. You know, we do write quickly because we like to and because we can, because, you know, the Kindle process allows us to do it and the readers want us to. And in traditional publishing, you'd be hard pressed to get out two books a year you know which is a nightmare um because you've got all these other goals to get through all these other things you have to go through uh, whereas this way it's just so i have a, a massive dream because i'm in it anyway aren't i lucky <laughs> yes very it's cool <laughs> you know i'd love a lamborghini i mean that would be hilarious to drive to co-op wouldn't it where are you going <laughs> i'm off to co-op <laughs> I bought some eggs. <laughs> I did it at three and a half, to 60 in three seconds. And I got the eggs. Amazing. And a 200 gram cut. And that's just not me. So the dream is, you know, this, you know, I get to write and make a living from it. So job done. Awesome. Um, when you're editing your books, what's your most overused word or phrase? Ooh. That I haven't the faintest idea. Mm. No, I haven't. Um, I have a I have a horrible habit of doing run-on sentences, um, which I'm trying to put an end to because it can annoy people. But I quite like because I like typical author. I like the way they sound. So you know, I like the, the rolling nature of it and the la 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 la. la. <laughs> so I need to I need to start. I need to break them up a lot more. Um, Yeah, I do like to stop it because it's probably very irritating for everyone. <laughs> you don't know what your word is at all. I'm no, really surprised. I haven't the faintest idea what my most used word is. I'm trying to think. No, no idea. Most no authors idea. know it like that. They know it off the top of their head straight away. <laughs> no idea. No idea. You're obviously not getting shouted at enough for, for stuff then. Maybe I'm just <laughs> so good at not having that. Mm, maybe. Maybe. Mm. I don't know. I can't remember. I recognise the name of your book, so I don't know if I've read it or not, which isn't great, is it? But That's terrible. Way so yeah. I, I have so many to read. I speak to so many authors. They give me their arcs. I do blog tours. I, don't, I just don't have time. <laughs> I may have read it. It sounds familiar. Either that or oh, I've just well, seen it. <laughs> 
No, <laughs> that's a good point, actually. <laughs> I have to go back and check on my Kindle. I can't, I can't remember. I can't remember yesterday. I don't know. <laughs> um, and that's just distracting me. Out. You must be trying to talk. I have got budgies. Yeah, you too. Oh, geez, like proper in my head. <laughs> um, apart from Barry and the other guy, Alex, do you have lots of other author friends? Yes, I do. Um, just because of it's a small world in many ways. Um, you know, you kind of it's it's just part of it. You know, you you get to know other authors. You go to author events, particularly in the children's and teenage stuff. You know, we'd do school events, um, and we'd all end up in little groups together. And yeah, we we just all ended up knowing each other. And the crime thing, it seems to be, you know, a nice close knit community as well. So you know, there's a group there. We've got so there's Barry, there's Alex, um, there's John Mayhew, Jason Dougley, Spider and Steve. You know, it's, there's a a few people that you just start to know um, and then you kind of you know you help promote each other as well and you you know you kind of work out when to launch things so that you know we can not and also with all you know with the readers they get to know that we know each other and that kind of thing as well yeah yeah it's, it's nice it's a nice community and you know these authors are well i wouldn't say you know harry's a friend i my god i'm dreading to think that <laughs> you know, it's, it's it's that support and you kind of need people who are doing the same stuff as you because they kind of get it more than most people because as i've said you know it's a weird thing to do writing a book it's an extremely weird thing to do to sit hour upon hour upon hour and come up with an eighty thousand word novel or however many words you want it to be you know it's it's just bizarre so if you know other people who are like you just a bit bizarre doing the same thing, that helps because you don't feel like you're just some kind of lonely weirdo stuck in a booth like a veal calf, <laughs> gradually losing your tan, you know. <laughs> it's not a veal calf, obviously, that, that's me typing. But yeah, so yeah, I do know quite a few authors, it's good. And do you get a lot of feedback from readers? Yes, which is nice. And I've got my, there's um, obviously I have my own Facebook page, which is where I occasionally throw something up, like you know, I've put an announcement today that I'm doing a live launch tomorrow on Facebook. But there's also like a Harry Grimm readers group as well on Facebook, which is really nice. So I get that, and I do get emails from um, people as well, which was lovely. And for example, I, you know, that's really nice when you get like a direct email from someone completely random from goodness knows where in the world and they just you know send you an email just to let you know they think the harry grim was a brilliant i mean that's fantastic uh, it just really makes you done a, a reader can you can never underestimate the impact that a random i love your books email has on an author because as with anyone who does creative stuff if you see a bad review that's what you focus on you could have 20 million great reviews and one of them was bad if you get you know, like one bad one, that's the one you think about all the time. You do get bad reviews. That's God, it'd be so boring if we all like the same thing, wouldn't it? It'd be awful. Um, so when you get 
you know, I try not to. But of course, we all do. But yeah, the, when you get an email from the reader, that's that's really nice. Very nice. If you had any strange or unusual uh, feedback or unusual requests from readers, not really had any strange, unusual requests. Um, everyone's really picked up on the fact that the books have a lot of cheese and cake in them, which <laughs> disturbed a lot of readers because they've never heard that as a combination. And that fun. Um, then you hear about, you know, other people's weird food combinations, but people are freaked out. A lot of people, some people are you know, like, cheese and cake, what's that? But it is, it's a Yorkshire thing, cheese and cake. So that's definitely happened. I haven't had any really weird requests or anything. I've, I've been quite lucky so far. Quite lucky. Hmm? No stalkers yet or anything? Nothing yet. <laughs> Nothing yet. I could work on that if you want. Please don't. Sport, sport. <laughs> <laughs> I, need to, I need a hobby. It keeps you on yes, your toes. Stalking is definitely a hobby with risk. For you, not for me. <laughs> you know. Um, if you're able Maybe to, I've had many <laughs> Maybe. Um, if you're able to spend a day with any author, dead or alive, who would you like to spend a day with? An author, dead or alive. Um, I think J.R.R. Um, Tolkien would be good because Lord of the Rings is phenomenal. And I listen to it as well as read it. So I've got like the BBC adaptation, which is fantastic. And just mm -hmm. the, the character development and the magic and how you create a world like that is just mind boggling. You know, and I, we've all created worlds in our own way. But the depth of that, you know, the mythology to create that kind of thing is just ferocious. And I think that'd be just quite an interesting thing to hang, you know, just to hang out and go to the pub with J.R.R. Tolkien and have a couple of beers smoke a pipe obviously out in the garden because you can't smoke inside of it and um, i think that'd be quite a moment share a pint and a pipe with jrr tolkien i'll do that <laughs> and when you go to author events are there any authors that you fanboy over um no <laughs> because unsurprisingly authors are just kind of normal people no nah, not really it's a weird thing no, true, but it is a weird thing because you're not famous because of this. You know, this isn't what sells the stuff, is it? You know, if you're famous, it's generally because of, you know, you're a singer or an actor. Do you know what I mean? It's personality-based and looks-based. Whereas with an author, it's words and that's it. That's what makes you famous, unless you're already famous, which is nonsense anyway. So, so stuff those people who are already famous and get books. I'm not going to fanboy over that. Um, so other than that, no, you know, and the, I'm, for example, the, you know, I was ghostwriting for someone who's, you know, hugely famous, just a nice person. And they were famous for other stuff, but they were just a nice person. You know, that was all, most of them are, they're not, not things to fan, not very fanboy anyone. Obviously millions of people fan me at these events. Of course. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. 
<laughs> well, someone's got every time place. I pass the mirrors. There he is. There he is. <laughs> <laughs> um, are you going to any Jesus, of the events? It started raining. Pardon? Really, it's it chucked it down here and yeah, now. Um, are you going to any yeah, of the events next rough. year? <clears throat> I don't know. Um, we are, are sort of discussing the idea of doing our own, myself, Barry, Alex, and a few others, because we've got, you know, we've got a joint world in the, uh, you know, that kind of thing. But also, we've got our readers all kind of read each other's books, um, and that might be fun to do. So we might put that together. Um, and with author events, you kind of, you don't just turn up; you have to be invited, and. A great many author events are very much led by the traditional publishing world rather than the indie world. And there's this snobbery, I think, as well, that still exists. And I, I admit that I was part of that snobbery because you kind of, you get entrenched in this idea that, you know, self-publishing is vanity publishing. Well, actually, it's very different. You know, vanity publishing is where I give someone £5,000 to print 1,000 copies of my book to put in my garage. What a stupid thing to do. Whereas... This is where, you know, you're actually writing a book, you pay for an editor, you pay for the cover, you get it up there and all the rest of it, you know. There is a lot of negativity, I think, in the about that, looking down at it, because we haven't gone through the gatekeepers and all that nonsense. Well, good, because if I'd gone through the gatekeepers, I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you about a series that I've been writing for the past eight, nine, ten months that's doing well and people like, because it would never have got through, because it's not sufficiently different. But actually, what readers really want is just some, generally, they would just want nice stuff to read by people they can say hello to on Facebook. It's not difficult. That is it. You know, but the publishers and the agents and everything else, they put all these barriers in place. Um, and unless you can, you know, prove that you're different to X, Y, and Z and sell hundreds of thousands of copies, it's very difficult to get anywhere. Whereas with this, that just isn't the case. I can't remember the question now. <laughs> if I was to ask your nearest and dearest what your most annoying habits were, what would they say? My mind, I rant a lot. I'm very loud. I'm extremely clumsy, so I do walk into stuff and knock things over. I do break things. I'm very impatient, which for a writer is a bit odd, apparently. Um, yeah, I don't have much of an attention span. <laughs> <laughs> um, again, for a writer, that's pretty weird because <laughs> you have to focus on something for hours. One thing, a computer screen and words. Um, so, yeah, I can be quite impatient. Uh, not very good in traffic jam. I get quite sweary. Yeah. I do rant at the time. Like, I get very annoyed at things, certain adverts, certain presenters. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, there's probably quite a large list of things. Yeah, it's sounding like it's growing quite quickly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, who was your first celebrity crush? Celebrity crush? Mm -hmm. Let me think. I really fancied Tiffany. Do you remember Tiffany? There you go. I think I even had a poster of Tiffany in my bedroom. I'm sure I did. You know, next to 
Iron Maiden <laughs> and a massive do. armed helicopter, that kind of thing, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. why not? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, interesting. I think you're the first person to say that. And then uh, yeah, Tiffany and then Sandra Bullock. I get. There you go. Yeah. Someone admitted to watching Miss Congeniality because they fancy Sandra Bullock and said that they didn't think they were losing man points because of it. And I was like, mm, okay, <laughs> I think you might be. It's good fun. Yeah, while you were sleeping is a lovely little film. I've always liked that. <laughs> um, what do you enjoy doing when you're not fighting? Um, I'm currently training for a 27-mile off-road run in November. So I do a fair amount of fitness. So Monday I did a 14-mile off-road run. I did some yoga today and went to the gym. So I do a lot of fitness and stuff, bike riding. I have to go to the swimming pool to recover. So I do a recovery swim, which is me just swearing a lot underwater for a thousand meters uh, or getting really annoyed and getting out, out after 250 meters and swearing. <laughs> so I do a lot of that. I read. Um, I play with my, I've got two boys um, aged nearly 13 and nearly 16. Um, so I hang out with them quite a lot uh, well, when I can. So like, at the weekend, we went to a bouldering wall, um, we went swimming in the river. A lot of outdoor stuff. We've got a lovely little dog called Noodle Toy Poodle, who's just over two years old. He's a fluffy idiot, but really good fun. Um, I watch old stuff, like currently going through MASH, the series from start to finish, which is just the greatest TV series ever. Um, we're on to series seven. So we've just, we've just started series seven. So that sometimes... <laughs> I like watching films and TV, you know, who doesn't? So we're doing Star Trek as well, the Star, going through the Star Trek movies. Um, we're on, we've just done Search for Spock, so the next one is the one where they come and rescue whales, or whatever it is, I can't remember. So that's quite fun. We've got a veg garden, but I'm not very good at that. Um, yeah, that's quite some stuff there, isn't it? I'd cook, I'd, I'd bake all my own, pretty much all our own bread. We do cooking and stuff. And yeah, there we go. Yeah, a lot of, lot of free time spent out running or doing outdoory stuff or walking the dog or jumping into rivers or subboarding or bouldering or whatever, really. So I like to keep active, which is important, really, as a writer, because it's a very sedentary you know, thing to do, sitting for hours. So for me, it's very important to get up and move. Um, obviously, training for a 27-mile off-road run is a bit an extreme approach to it, but it's a target, isn't it? <laughs> Writers, weird, just weird. Yeah, we're all weird. I know, really weird. I mean, I also wonder how much of that turns into procrastination <laughs> rather than <laughs> just wanting to keep active. <laughs> but both actually... Like with the running, I find it gives good headspace, which is important. It's amazing how exhausting writing actually can be, even though all you're doing is just sitting there. The brain power that's involved, if you're going, like, I usually find that coming towards the end of the book, you write a lot more during the day because the, the story's kind of running ahead with itself. You're trying to catch up. 
So whereas you'd usually do like three or four thousand words a day, maybe you know you can find yourself doing ten thousand words a day for a few days on the trot, and that is just shattering. Um, so get out and just run or get on the bike and you know blow the cobwebs cobwebs away is really really good. Um, so are you working on something at the moment? Are you said you were idea planning, and then do you know what you're doing next? I'm working on book. Eight of Grimm. Um, I have no title. I have a few ideas of what it's going to be about, maybe, possibly, perhaps. Um, but the aim is to get that one done and then publish that one at the end of November. So I've got plenty of time. You need a break because you know the first one, the, the one that's coming out Thursday was kind of only just really finished last week because you know like a few extra edits and all the rest of it. And you kind of need to park one, have a break before you move on to the next one. So that's kind of what this week is, really, sort of. Um, so I'm doing that and the yeah, planning book eight and then planning, thinking about this Somerset series. And I, with that, I'd quite like to have sort of two or three books written and done before I launch it. So I've got them ready to go, including the audio books and everything. Um, so it's a bigger project and I've got to somehow fit that in while I write the rest of the Harry Grimm stuff. So I'm just ignoring that for the moment. It sounds easy. It really is. <laughs> it'll be fun. Let's stop running yeah, and swimming and stuff. You'll have loads more time then. Yeah, exactly. But I kind of need to keep doing that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you may be relieved to hear that I don't have any more questions for you at the moment, unless you think there's anything obvious that I haven't asked you that you want to tell us. Nope, I think we are done. I've grilled you enough. I mean, I've got more questions, but, you know, if I speak but to you again... No, I just... I want to speak to you again sometimes, so I need to keep some of the horrible ones back for next time. Fair enough. I think that, that that's a very good idea. I, I cannot wait. <laughs> Same. Well, before we go, would you just like to remind everyone where they can find out more about you if they wish, where they can stalk you, where they can buy your books from? Well, obviously, um, if you just type David Gatwood into Amazon or Harry Grimm or Gatwood Grimm, Grimm with a double M, um, into Amazon, you'll find, or on Google, it just comes up now. Um, so mm -hmm. that's the easiest thing to do. Same on Facebook, put David Gatwood author on Facebook um, and it all comes up there. Um, I do have a website and um, that should, it's, it's a bit crappy today, but hopefully a new front page, which will look quite nice, will be up tomorrow. And then it's just being redeveloped and that's just davidjgatward.com. Um, so that's, that's in the process of being, and I'll, I'm on Twitter, but I don't really understand Twitter. So I try to avoid it as much as possible. I'm on Instagram. I don't really understand Instagram, so I try to avoid it as much as possible. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not on anything like TikTok or whatever else is going on out there because the world is just a terrifying place. And I want to hide away, hide under my hood, stay here, <laughs> get away from the world. Go away. Now I have become Obi-Wan Kenobi. <laughs> Good luck. It suits me. It's like, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah totally there we go. Out. <laughs> well fantastic thank you very much no problem at all lovely very happy to do it great fun <laughs>